Good morning. I very much desire your prayers this morning. I know Darwin says that a lot, and I understand exactly what he means when he says that. Uh, for whatever reason, some sometimes it's really easy to prepare a message. Sometimes it's really hard. Uh, sometimes you feel like the God really gives you something, and sometimes you feel like He really don't. Uh, and so all you all you can do is. God gave me this opportunity. God, just speak through me. <clears throat> so all I can do is just hopefully be completely surrendered to Him. And uh, with that being said, I don't know what this will do for you or what it will do for me. Uh, Darwin actually spoke from John chapter 9 a couple weeks ago, and I, I want to speak from John chapter 9 as well. Uh, so you can go ahead and turn there if you want in your Bibles. John chapter 9. <clears throat> Before we get into the scripture, uh, let's just open up into a word of prayer. God, we come to you today, God, uh, thankful uh, for the opportunity to be here, thankful for who you are uh, to each and every one of us, Lord. God, right now, Lord, I just pray for the service, God. We know that you're here, God. I've already felt you here today, Lord. Lord, I I pray right now that you would just show yourself strong in the service, Lord, that uh, you'd speak to me and through me, God, and you would speak uh, the word that you'd have. To all your people, God. Lord, this is not by me, but it's only by you. We give you all the praise and glory, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so, the season of life that I'm in, I am ready to be out of. And I feel like I've been here for 25 years. Uh, Uh, but I feel like that I've, I've been in school for 25 years, and that's really how it feels. And it's, it's to the point, it's like I'm trying to escape from prison now. That's how it feels. And so I'm right, I'm right here at the end, in my last semester of college, Lord willing. And uh, I've got a lot of stuff that has to be done, and I feel like I'm just running behind the train. Like, I feel like the train has left the station, I'm not on board, and I'm trying to chase this thing down. And uh, I cannot catch it. So I'm trying to figure out ways to get back on the train. I feel like I'm running behind the eight ball. Uh, and I said all that to say that this season of life that I'm in just right now, it's just, it's real stressful. Uh, I feel like I'm really being stretched. I feel like I'm really being pulled. But I bet I'm not the only one here who feels that way. I bet that we could all, we're probably all in some season like that. Uh, with the way our country is, with the way the world is, with with COVID and vaccines and all this mess that we're in, this crazy time that we're living in, uh, I think we're all being stretched and pulled a little bit. I feel like we're all running behind the eight ball. Uh, and it don't seem like our, our country's getting any better. It seems like it's getting worse. And I was uh, trying to, I think I was looking for, I was looking for shopping online for something like a gun or something. I was looking at guns or something. and. So you see the trending searches on Google, you know, when you look at something online, you'll see the trending searches. And I saw one of them was a concert. You know, a bunch of people died at a concert. So I, I looked at that, and it was this concert in Texas where these people were trying to hear this rapper. And I don't know exactly what happened, but there was a stampede of people, and all these people were underneath these other people and just got ran over the top of, and eight or nine people died. And... Uh, 
tons of them were injured. 30 or 40 people were injured from getting trampled by other humans to hear, to hear a rapper. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. And it makes you think like, what, what are we doing? And you see, you, you could look at any headline in the news and you would just ask yourself, what in the world is going on? Uh, you look at some of the stuff that politicians advocate for and you think, man, what is going on? <clears throat> and all that with the season of life I'm in, I'm, I'm genuinely concerned for the church. I'm concerned for the future. I'm concerned for my own life. I'm concerned that, you know, I don't have any kids, but I'm concerned for kids. Uh, you know, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I just know who holds tomorrow. And I try not to worry about it, but I just look at where everything's going. And then you look at the scripture that, you know, in Revelations, it, it says all these things will be signs of the end of times. And you start to look at all these things. And I actually had horrible dreams last night, like uh, dreams of Revelations and stuff. And it was, it was scary. And I, was, I woke up and I was like, thank God that, that we're not doing that right now, that, that I'm not going through this. And I said all that to just say that there's a lot on my mind, there's a lot on my heart. <clears throat> and without Jesus, there's no hope. Amen. That we have, without Jesus, there's no hope. And I could not imagine living in this world, living in this day and time without Jesus Christ. If He's not your anchor, if He's not your everything, then you are just like a ship without an anchor in the ocean in a storm. You're just getting blown and tossed wherever the world takes you. Jesus has to be our anchor. Jesus has to be the hope. Jesus has to be the answer to every problem. <clears throat> I've said this before. You know, we, we have all these problems in our country. We have all these problems in our own life. We have all these problems. And so many times we take a problem and we give it a world solution. If Jesus is not the solution, then usually the problem don't get fixed. Amen. Then whether you realize it or not, that almost all problems are actually spiritual problems. <clears throat> and as a people, we've got to realize that. We've got to realize that we're in a spiritual battle, that our country is in a spiritual battle, that the church is at war against the enemy, our devil, or the, the Satan, he, he's come against us. And the Bible says, you know, be alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And, uh, you know, I just don't, I don't feel like we're aware of that today. I don't feel like we understand that. That there is this battle going on. There's a battle for my soul going on. That there's a battle for your soul going on. That there's a battle for your kids going on. And I think when we realize that, we'll start to take this Scripture and we'll start to take this Word of God and we'll start to take it a lot more serious. Amen. When I start realizing that, man, all these problems in my own life and all these problems in our world is never going to be fixed with worldly solutions. Amen. It's only fixed through Jesus Christ. Yes. Jesus Christ is our hope. If, if it's not that, then this is all for no reason. Jesus Christ is our hope. Amen. <clears throat> so John chapter 9. John chapter 9, starting in verse 1, the Bible says, As he went along, 
he being Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man or his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened that the works of God may be displayed in him. As long as it is his day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, and he made some mud <coughs> with his saliva, and he put it on the man's eyes. And he told him, he said, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went, and he washed, and he came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had merely seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that it was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am that man. How were your eyes opened, they asked. He replied, The man that they called Jesus made some mud, and he put it on my eyes, and he told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed, and then I could see. <clears throat> Amen. So Darwin preached on this a couple weeks ago, and I just wanted to touch on some things that I thought God had showed me through the Scripture uh, so I'm sorry if it sounds repetitive. Some of the same stuff Darwin said will be some of the same stuff I say. Uh, but I've always thought this is, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and it's, it's a super weird story. Uh, so Jesus is walking through this crowd, and it don't seem like the beggar, the blind man, it don't seem like he really started this conversation. It didn't really sound like he was on the side of the road here going, God, heal me, heal me, heal me. Uh, the disciples were like, yo, Ch Jesus, this blind guy here, is it his fault that he's blind or is it his parents' fault? Who sinned? Who screwed this up for him? Did he screw up or did his parents screw up? And Jesus said, neither. Neither sinned. And he said, this happened so that the works of God may be displayed in him. So he's blind so that one day I can get glory through this. <clears throat> then he goes on and the Bible says that he spits on the ground and he makes some mud out of his spit. And then he takes that mud and he puts it on the man's eyes. And I've always thought, man, that's a really weird way to handle that. I've always thought that, you know, Jesus could have just put his hands on his eyes and said, be healed. And he'd have been healed. Or he could, you know, ask him a question. Do you believe that I could heal you? You know, and they would reply, yes, Lord, and he would heal them. Uh, but he don't do that. The Bible says that he spits on the ground and he takes and he makes mud with his spit, and then he takes the spit and he puts it on his eyes, and then he tells him, "You need to go wash that mud out of your eyes." And I've always thought, man, if I'm if I'm the blind guy, I'm already blind. I can't see. I mean, somebody's had to help me up to get here in front of Jesus, and I'm standing here, and then Jesus is now putting stuff on my eyes. He's putting mud and stuff in my eyes. And I already couldn't see, but now it's like gritty and grimy inside of my eyes. <clears throat> and now he's telling me, I need to go wash the mud off. Okay, thank you, Jesus. I had that figured. If you had just turned around and walked off, I was going somewhere to wash it off anyway. And so I've always thought that was an interesting, an interesting way to, to handle it. Uh, but the first thing that I realized from the beginning of the story is, man, life is not fair. This guy had been blind from birth. 
And he didn't do nothing wrong. And his parents didn't do nothing wrong. And he'd been blind for birth. And now this is a grown man. And he is a beggar. So not the life that anybody would want. This is the life he was dealt. This was the hand he was dealt. Blind from birth. And a lot of our lives, if you look around, it's not fair. Sometimes we don't get dealt the best hand. And I'm not, I'm not talking about me. I've got dealt a really good hand. But I, I'm saying a lot of times in our own lives, we don't get dealt the best circumstances. Sometimes we inherit the mess. Sometimes we get dealt the bad hand. Sometimes that we get the mess. And a lot of times we get dealt the mess and we're expecting Jesus to show up and fix our problems. And instead of giving us a solution, instead of healing us, instead of making us where we can see, He spits on the ground and He makes mud and He puts it in your eyes. See, a lot of times you're being stretched and you're being pulled and life's overwhelming and you've got dealt a bad hand and Jesus don't give you the healing, but He gives you the mud in your eyes. Amen. And so now it feels like everything's worse. Now it feels like everything's really overwhelming. Now, now I really can't see. Now I'm in pain. Now the bad circumstance that I didn't think could get any worse, I was already blind, but now I have mud in my eyes. But Jesus said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. He never said He'd be healed. He never said, I, I, it's going to heal you. He, said, he never said you're going to receive your sight. And so many times, we're being stretched and we're being pulled. And we don't think it can get any worse, and then it does. We get the mud in our eyes. And God's just telling you, keep going forward. And all we can do as Christians is trust and obey. I've just got to keep doing what I know is right. I've just got to keep going. Even if it don't make sense, even if the healing don't come, I've got to keep believing that God's way is the right way. That I've got to keep believing, I've got to keep trusting that if I keep doing good, one day I will reap a harvest. I got to keep believing. I got to keep knowing that my God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and the first and the last. He is in control. It's not a government. It's not a culture. It's not any one man, but it is Almighty God who's in control. And He's given me this Word of God. And though, although I can't see, and although I've got this mud in my eyes, and I'm not sure, and I'm being stretched, and I'm being pulled, I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other, trusting and obeying. God, if you told me to go, then that's where I'm going to go, even if I don't feel like it. Even if I've got to have help to get there because I'm blind and I can't see and I don't understand. If you told me to go, then I'm going to do everything I can to get there. Amen. I think so many times as Christians, we get in front of Jesus and we expect the healing. We expect the breakthrough and He gives us the mud. And we quit. We get discouraged. We stop praying so hard. We stop believing that the breakthrough is going to happen. Amen. When really, if you just keep trusting and you keep obeying, God is faithful. Amen. But even if He's not faithful, even if, even if the breakthrough don't come how you thought it would, 
Even if it, don't, if it don't end how you thought it would, what He's already done for you is enough to keep going. Amen. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, if, if I never got another blessing as long as I lived, and every part of my life just was horrible, and I got nothing but bad, bad, bad rolls, bad luck, and I, I spent the rest of my life being miserable and being alone, not having another blessing come my way. What Jesus has already done for me is more than enough. Amen. What He done right here was enough. I don't, I don't have to have any more blessings. All I've got to have is faith. All I've got to do is keep trusting and obeying. Amen. I've got to keep putting one front in front of the other because what He done right here, that was enough. That was enough. Because this life is short. The Bible says it's a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. But the life that's to come, that's the one that matters. Amen. And what you do here, how you live here, how you trust and you believe in Jesus here, that's what's going to determine where you go in the next one. <clears throat> you know, as, as the story goes on, the, fairies, the Pharisees, they start to investigate this healing and they call the man's parents. They, you know, they don't believe that this is the man that was blind, that this was the begging man. And they call his parents and they said, no, that, that's our son. And uh, he's plenty old enough to speak for himself. And so they call this man. They'd already talked to him once, but they call him back in front of him. And they start to question him. Did Jesus really heal you? Is Jesus a sinner? Is Jesus this? Is Jesus that? And the man keeps insisting. He's like, yeah, I was the blind man and he put this mud on my eyes and, and then he healed me. And then I, I was told to go wash in this pool and I went and I washed. And, and he gets on to verse 25 and he says, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Amen. And you know, I don't, I don't have to know a lot about this word of God. I don't have to know every single thing about the Bible. But I can tell you what I do know. That I've seen God do things in my life that I know was God. Amen. That I've seen healings take place right here at this altar. And I know it was God. Amen. That I've seen people that was destined to hell, that had no chance, give their life to God right here at this altar. And now they have a, a heavenly home. I don't know a lot, but I know this. God is good. And that if I keep trusting and I keep obeying, put one foot in front of the other, if I just keep seeking Him, even when it's not fun, even when I feel like I've got mud in my eyes, even where I can't see where I'm going, if I'll just keep believing and I'll just keep trusting and I'll just keep seeking Him, one day it'll all be worth it. Amen. One day it'll all make sense. One day it'll all be worth it. Yes. AJ, if you'll come. If y'all will stand with me. As they begin to play something, uh, I don't know where your hearts are at today. But I do know Jesus is here. I know whatever your heart's going through, whatever circumstance you're going through, maybe you're in a season of life where you feel like you're being stretched, you feel like you're being pulled, and you feel like you've got the mud put in your eyes. <clears throat> I don't know. But I, knew, I do know 
What I do know is God is here today and God is faithful and God wants nothing more than just a relationship with you. He wants us to put our trust and our hope and everything we got in Him. If anybody wants to pray for any reason, consider these altars open. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If there's anybody here that says, Pastor, I just want you to remember me in your prayers. Will you raise your hand, please? God, see some hands. God, we come today, Lord, thankful, God, for who you are. Thankful for what you've done for each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, right now, I pray that you would just show us what we need to see, God. And every one of our own lives, God, you know every need out here, God. You know every request that was mentioned and non-mentioned, Lord. Lord, you see the needs in our community. You see the needs in our country. You see the needs in each and every one of our lives, God. Lord, and I pray that you would just give us eyes to see, ears to hear, God, your direction and your word. Lord, and I pray that every one of us, God, would just keep putting our trust and our hope and our faith in you, Lord. You're the firm foundation, God, that we want to build our lives on. Lord, it is not by us, but it is only by you. We cannot do it without you. We need you today. Jesus, help us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.